<coughs> Morning, guys. Can I like move this way? I feel like I'm like just like to the side of the room. Cool. How'd you guys sleep? You guys, you guys want to see that? How about right here. We'll go right. I'll, I'll go back there. That might be easier for me if I go back there. I'm, I'm gonna go back to the original spot. I was telling Jeff this morning that I downloaded this app that like tracks my sleep. It's kind of weird. It tracks my sleep, and so it like, like will make an alarm for you when it thinks like you're gonna be at your lightest level of sleep. So it'll like wake you up when you're like not like in a super deep sleep. And it's weird. It worked. Like this morning, I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm, it's pretty chill. Like I'm not like mad. I'm waking up right now. And uh, after I like did that, I was looking at it, and it has recordings of me sleeping. And I was like, this is re really creepy. And I, I played one of them, and I was snoring. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I snore. <laughs> like, I didn't know I snored before this. It's super weird. Anyways, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm Jake. I've been in the, the Kaya Fellowship for about four years. I got saved in 2018 at this church. Before that, you know, I knew nothing about the Bible, didn't grow up in a Christian household, um, but I got invited to a Bible study and started hearing what the Word of God had to say. Um, but yeah, we're going to be in Isaiah 1 this morning, so if you guys want to turn there, you're starting at the beginning of the chapter. I'm going to drink this water while you guys are turning. <laughs> Alright, so Isaiah 1, verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. So, you know, we see from these verses that, you know, God has nourished and brought up children, and they've rebelled against him. You know, he's saying this animal, and, you know, this ox, you know, it knows its master, it's familiar with him. And this ass, or maybe a donkey, you know, for us today, or if you like, like maybe like an NIV, it probably says donkey. Um, but this donkey knows its crib, which is just, you know, the place that it goes for rest and for food. So it'd be like a, a stall, you know, it'd just be like our house pretty much. Um, but this, this ox knows that. It knows its master and the, the donkey, he knows the place he goes to for sleep and for rest. Um, but Israel is living in such a way that shows that they're not considering who their father is. They're not considering, you know, who their master is. And, you know, the master or the, the ass isn't considering, you know, the place that he goes to for rest or, or sleep. And maybe he's going to different places for that instead of, you know, going to, to the right place. Um, and, you know, we see clearly in the world around us that, you know, they don't know their ma They don't know their creator, you know, by the way that they're living and their beliefs and their ideologies. They don't know their creator. Um, and, you know, I think about that as, as a church. If, if we don't know our master, if we don't know... You know, our, our, you know, our, our Father. If we don't know the place we're supposed to go to for food and for rest, you know, how can we expect the world to, to know Christ? You know, if, if we're not representing Him properly, how can we expect for them to come to know Christ? Um, and so, you know, we have to be, you know, wise like this ox in this passage who, who does know his master. He's familiar with him. You know, I was reading about just the tendencies of, of an ox and its master and how 
it can, you know, know him so familiarly that he, you know, could f- could find his home. He could find his master's house, even if he has to like go like through like streets and take lefts and right, and go through all these turns. He knows how to get there because he's familiar with master. And so, you know, we have to be familiar with our master in that same way, and we have to, you know, be familiar um, with our which is that place where you go to for food and for rest, you know, for nourishment, you know, to be filled. Um, we have to be wise like the, the ass. Um, if that isn't, you know, very plain for you, you know, that place for us is the Word of God. You know, it's walking with God in His Word because that's, that's what we need to be filled by. You know, if not, we're going to be looking to be filled in all these, these wrong places. And it's only going to really just leave us empty. Um, so key point number one, we, we will not find true rest or satisfaction without knowing our master. Proverbs 13.25 says, The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. And really, this was a verse for me when I was, when I was still lost. I was recognizing as I was coming to Bible study that when I was hearing the word of God, this is something that actually satisfied me. You know, it had the answers to, the, to all the questions I've you know, asked in my life, and it, it was satisfying me. But, you know, when I, when I turned to everything else in my life that I was, you know, pursuing before, you know, I would, I would find myself wanting. You know, I, I would get that thing, you know, I, I would go after that experience, and once I've got to that place, I, w- I would, you know, still be empty and not satisfied. And then I'd go to the next thing. Like, you guys know, like, what this is like, right? Like, maybe it's like a pair of shoes or, you know, like, I, you're like, i got to have that pair of shoes. And I'm thinking about Manning right now because he's on, like, a shoe kick. But... Like, don't feel bad about it unless, you know, you're convicted about it. So, but yeah, you know, it's like a pair of shoes or, like, you know, maybe it's a dress or maybe it's, like, a video game or a fishing pole. They're very alluring. I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, it's whatever that thing is, you know, you're, you have your eyes set on it and you're like, I need that thing. And you're convincing yourself that you need it and you start justifying it and then you get it or you do that thing. And once you've done it, you're like, well, I'm, you know, just as empty as I was before. What's the next thing I need to go and get? You know, what's the next thing I need to buy or experience I need to pursue, thinking that it's going to satisfy you. But like this verse says, you know, the belly of the wicked shall want. When you get that thing, you're going to be left wanting. But when you come to Christ, it's, it's not the same thing. When you come to him, he's going to actually fill you and satisfy you. And you're going to want to know him more, but it's not from a place of, of emptiness, you know. You're empty before you came to him, but when you come to him, you're being filled, you know. Um, but yeah, and so the, the second part of that verse, you know, is saying that Israel doesn't know. They, they don't consider. And, you know, maybe for some of us, you, we, we don't know. Like, we don't know what the things are we need to know. And, you know, if that's you, maybe you need to consider mentorship and have someone pour the word into you and walk with you and, and show you what it looks like. Um, but, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, we, we do know. And the problem is, is that we're not considering, we're not stepping back and looking at our life and saying, does my life actually add up to what the Word of God is saying? And if I'm calling myself a Christian, does my life add up to that? So we need to consider our, our, our lives, consider ourselves and, and see. You know, not from a place of condemning ourselves, but seeing, you know, do, do I, does it add up, you know? Um, so the next section of verses, uh, verse 4 uh, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, iniquity and laden just means uh, heavy or, um, I looked it up earlier, I forgot. I think, I think it's just heavy and, and stressed, and so they're, they're 
they're taken up with iniquity, iniquity in, a, in a heavy way. You know, it's it's not just some light thing that's happening. It's it's heavy. Uh, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward, and it says, Why should you be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more, the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even to under the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. Sounds kind of gross. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts uh, had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So that sounds like super intense. Like that's, that's not a good case to be in. Um, but you know, I'm thinking about that, and it's just like, Israel had gotten to the point where God was saying, you know, why should I discipline you any further? You know, like, why, why should I do that? Because you're only going to rebel and revolt more and more. Um, and, you know, the, the, the land that was promised to them that they, should, that, that they did claim, you know, that was supposed to be a land of blessing and it's supposed to be, you know, flowing of milk and honey. It was, you know, a place of, that had become a place of judgment. You know, it was desolate. It was overthrown. And it was just in a, a terrible state, and it's because, you know, they rebelled. And, but when I think about that, I, I think it, it started with them leaving that place of knowing God like, like that ox knows its master. And knowing, like, like the ass knows its crib, like he, he knows where to go for food and for nourishment. They, they stopped doing that. They started going to the world for those things. They started looking to find rest, you know, in those experiences and nourishment in them when really that, the only place to find those was, was God. Um, I think I just deleted something in my notes. Um, but man, they, they had left that place. And I think we can liken that unto, for us to, to leaving your first love, you know, as it's written in Revelations. Um, we, we can certainly do that and move into a phase of just doing things and going through the motions. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, of Moses. We need to have a, a heart like him, really. Um, in Exodus 33.15, uh, we see God and Moses talking about going into the promised land. And, you know, we, we know that Moses eventually didn't get to go into it, but this is well before that um, early on. And uh, they're talking about going in, and um, God's saying, you know, my presence is going to go with thee. And, you know, in 33.15, Moses says, If thy presence goes not with me, carry us not up hence. You know, he's saying, if you're not going to go with me, why, why, I don't even want to go to the promised land. And... I think that's the kind of heart that we need to have um, in our relationship with God. And I think uh, just Israel had left that place. They had, you know, been removed from that for a while. Um, so yeah, moving on to the next section, verse 10. Uh, Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose? is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me. So he's saying, you know, what, what's the purpose of all these sacrifices, you know, with the way that you're living? Why, why, are, you, like, just, why are you still sacrificing? Say, if the Lord, I'm full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more uh, vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, uh, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. 
Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Verse 15, When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you awake many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are, are full of blood. Uh, so key point two, God doesn't just want our attendance. He, he wants our hearts through repentance. You know, Israel was, they were, you know, they were tending. They were doing the things. They were showing up. They were, you know, sacrificing animals and they were holding all these feasts and all of that. But they didn't really have God's heart. They were, they were just, they were just doing all these things and, and going through the motions. And it, you know, it reminds me of Psalm fifty-one, seventeen, where, where David, you know, had been caught in this, this terrible sin, and you know, it had come to him, and the light was sh- shined down on it. And this is him, in, in Psalm fifty-one, explaining that, and him repenting, and he says, "For thou desirest not sacrifice." So, so he's saying, "God does not desire sacrifice; else would I give it." Thou delightest not in burnt offering. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. So he's saying, you know, God, you don't, you don't desire that sacrifice. You actually just want my heart. And you want me to be broken over the way that I'm living. And Israel was not in that place. They were just throwing up sacrifices and continuing to do <coughs> all of the things that they were doing before, acting like, you know, nothing had changed. Um, and, you know, I think about us and like we can find ourselves in that same place and maybe it's not in like as terrible of a place as Israel was, you know. Maybe we're not taken up in some gross sin, but you know, there are things in our lives that, you know, we allow and sometimes we allow them consistently and they hinder our relationship with God. And, you know, because of that when we when we come in here to, to sing and to worship and to serve or to to do whatever, you know, we're we're doing it and we're just going through the motions. Like we're we're not actually meaning the words we sing. We are you know, we're just singing them. Or we're not really like having a heart to serve God, we're just we're just doing it. You know, we're just filling a role, <clears throat> and God doesn't desire that. He He wants us to have a broken heart, and when we actually you know have that broken heart, and we we you know repent of that thing, when we come to to sing, when we come to 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 serve. It's going to be different. It's going to be actually you know doing that thing with God. Um, I remember Mark Trotter said, uh, Christians don't tell lies; they sing them. And it's very true, you know, like we can, there's so many things in a worship song that we, we sing, which is like, if I sat back and just thought about that and meditate on that, is my heart really meaning that right now? I'm not saying, you know, it could never, it couldn't mean that, but are we truly, you know, evaluating our heart? Um, but yeah, so, you know, these things that they were doing are, are meant, to, you know, to be a means of having a relationship with God. Like God, you know, did instruct them to have, to, to observe the Sabbath, to hold the, the, the Feast of the New Moon and all these things. But, you know, they just turned into religious activity. And, it, you know, it's because they weren't dealing with those sin issues. Um, so, you know, this would kind of be like, let's imagine, like, if me and Jeff hung out every day. We don't do that. We're not that close. Maybe we should be. I don't know. But we don't hang out every day. But what if we did? Let's imagine that. And, like, somewhere along the way, I just start doing things to, like, really offend Jeff. Like... Maybe say the Celtics are terrible, or some of his favorite basketball players like Jason Kidd, or we were talking about that. I forget the other one. I think it's Shaq. If I just start saying things like that, just, just saying they're awful, or something else, maybe because I feel like Jeff just li- enjoys that kind of talk. But uh, I just start doing things that seriously offend Jeff, and all the while I'm still just hanging out with Jeff, like nothing is changed. Like I, I'm seriously offending him, 
but I'm, you know, just hanging out with them every day and acting like nothing's different. Like the relationship is the exact same. Um, and I know it offends Jeff, and Jeff is offended by it, but I don't do anything to change that. And that's kind of what Israel is doing. They, you know, they're offending God in the way that they're living, and that God, they know God's offended by it, and, you know, God, yeah, God's offended by it, but they're not changing. And, you know, they're, they're doing the sacrifices, you know, to, to cover those sins, but they aren't having any desire to actually change the way they're living. Um, so this reminds me of uh, Micah 6. I don't think I have it up there, but Micah 6, 6. Wherewithal, or wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Uh, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So, you know, it's saying, should I just, you know, give like a million sacrifices, rivers of oil? Should I do all these things, just keep doing them for the sin that's in my life? And it's saying... No, actually just wants you to love mercy and to do justly. Like in that situation with Jeff, the th- right thing to do would be to apologize and then actually to do justly, to change my, my actions and to, to walk with him again. Because, you know, when that thing is present, that thing that offends him, I can't actually walk with him. You know, we're hanging out, but it's really just like just going through the motions and it's very surface level. But, you know, if I, were to forg- if I were to ask for forgiveness and then change my actions, I'd be able to actually walk with him again. And we need that same thing with God when we've offended him. You know, when we're walking um, and, you know, we're doing things to offend him, we need to, to actually change our, our course of action. We need to change our actions and then be able to walk with God again. Because whatever that thing is, you know, we all have something. It is hindering our walk with God, and it's making it surface level. Um... So, I'm blowing through this. What, how much time did you give me? Three hours. All right, sweet. I might hit four. All right, verse 16. So, wash you, um, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the father, fatherless. Plead for the widow. Verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So key point number three uh, is just put away the thing hindering your fellowship with God. Um, Psalm 119 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So verse 16 is telling telling them to, to wash you, to make clean. And the only way we can do that, you know, as Christians, the only way we can be cleansed is t- by taking heed to the word of God as uh, Psalm 119.9 says. And Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So, it, you know, it's the word that washes us. It's the word that can cleanse us. So we have, we have to, you know, be in it daily. Like the, the ass that knows its crib. We have to go to that place to, to be fed, but to be washed, to be clean from, you know, our sinful ways and to be, uh, to be cleansed by it, which is once we've heard it, you know, we, it's washing our mind. We, we take heed to it that it might cleanse us. Um, and then, you know, we, we put it away. And really, you know, the world fails at this. You know, it tries to, to deal with its problems and solutions by putting a Band-Aid on it. 
and then you know once you know you kind of deal with the symptoms, you, you you think it's gone, but then later on it just comes back up because they didn't actually deal with the root of that. But you know we we can actually with the word of God deal with the root of that, and we can have like actual victory over the things that you know that beset us, and we can you know move forward in that and have real transformation and change in our lives. And we need to have that ourselves first, but then once you know when we have that, we need to bring that to the world and show them you know you don't have to be in bondage to the things you're in bondage to. You can be set free and know your creator. Um, so yeah, so whenever we actually deal with you know whatever sin it is we're holding on to and it's impeding our relationship with God, you know when we actually deal with that thing, you know ministry isn't going to be a chore. You know singing on a Sunday, you know sometimes we can like come in to worship and it just you know, it feels like a, like a hassle. Like, it's like, when is this going to get over so I can sit down and I can listen to the message and then I can go get lunch, you know? We, we can come in with that kind of heart sometimes. But, you know, we actually, and it, it's because we have a sin in our life that is impeding our relationship with God or something we're elevating above Him that we want to do, you know, before be with Him, before, you know, be with the body. And that, that sin, that's, you know, idolatry. Um, but, you know, when we actually deal with that thing, you know, the ministry is no longer going to be a chore. You know, singing isn't going to be a chore. It's going to be something that you, you're joyous to do. It's, it's coming out of you. You know, it's overflowing. And it's, it's not going to be an obligation. You know, it's going to be a, a burden on your heart. Uh, and it's a, it's a byproduct of being right with God. You know, if we don't, uh, if we don't you know, we will continue. So, yeah, if we, if we don't actually deal with it, we'll just continue to go through the motions serving God. And, you know, and that's because, it's not because we, we want to do. Wait, sorry, messed up my notes. Uh, because it's what we want to do. This is just totally worded wrong. <laughs> um, let me see. And it's so <laughs> silent. <now. laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I'm just going to skip that part. So, allowing a consistent sin in our life, you know, will result in us defaulting to, to lip service. Um, it's just going to, that's where we're going to be, you know. It's not going to be, what we're saying is not going to be real, and, you know, because we, we call ourselves Christian, and we identify with that, you know, when we have that sin, we're just going to continue to do the Christian things, because that's, you know, that's who we are, but we're allowing something in our life that's making it not to be something of, of virtue. Um, and, you know, it, it's just hard to, I would almost say you can't be excited about the things of God while grieving God. Like, it's, it's, I don't know if it's possible. Um, so, you know, the thing God is calling you to do uh, are only ever going to feel like an obligation when you have a besetting sin in your life. Uh, you know, you can be stuck in a place of doing things for God and, and not with God. You know, when, when you do deal with that thing, you're not going to just be doing things for God. Um, you're going to actually be, like, do them with Him. And I, I think about Corinthians where uh, it's talking about Apollos and Paul and how they're actually laborers with God. You know, they're not laborers for God. They're laborers with God. They're doing that with Him. Um, so, you know, uh, what, you know, whatever it is that it is keeping you from being in fellowship with God, we've got to deal with that. And, you know, just think about, like, how we want to minister to people, how we want to share the gospel people, wherever we're at, you know, your workplace or probably not your workplace, you know, your high schools or maybe you do have a part-time job. I know Manning was working at Coles. It's Coles? Coles, yeah. yeah. But yeah, wherever it is, wherever the place is God has you, if you want to be ministering to the people, 
sometimes you can get in a place of, you know, doing that out of guilt because you're like, this is what I should do as a Christian. But when you when you are walking with God rightly, it's going to be a burden on your heart, you know, something that you want to do and not something, you know, you're like, I kind of have to do this or I'm lying as a, or just not, you know, being truthful of who I am. Um, but yeah, uh, verse 19 to sum it all up. So, uh, verse 19, if you willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So God is saying here that if you be willing and obedient, so not just obedient, not just, you know, bringing these sacrifices and doing all these things, but also willing. So your will is in it, your heart is in it. And like we've said, you know, you have to deal with whatever that thing that is impeding your walk with God, whatever that sin is, to be willing to have a heart there. But we can also, you know, be just willing. Like we, we have a heart that's like, I'd like to, you know, serve in that way, that'd be cool. But then never actually obedient, never actually follow through with that. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe you need to actually help in the, the worship team. Because, you know, a lot, it looks like a lot of them are pretty old. Like they're going to be out of here soon. So <clears throat> if you're gifted that way, maybe you need to start talking to Tegan or, or Joel and have Joel teach you how to play the bass. Probably will take a few weeks. I don't know. <clears throat> it's the same thing. They're all the same thing. All the string instruments, same thing. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever it is, maybe you need to sign up for that. And, you know, if all this just sounds foreign to you, maybe you need to, to look into mentorship and learn and grow with someone alongside you who is a little bit more mature. But yeah, in conclusion, uh, just to review the things we are talking about, does the way we live show we have a relationship with God? Like, can people look at us and say that, they know their master. They, they know God. Like, just by being around them, like by being in their presence, is it, are they gleaming? Are they just with joy? Or the things that they talk about, the way they carry themselves, can people say, that person, like they say they're a Christian and there is something different about them. Like, I think they, they know their, their master. Or, you know, well, they probably wouldn't say this, but, but like, do they know their crib? Like, it looks like they're really familiar with their crib. And not your house, but the place you go to for, uh, for nourishment and for, for rest. Um, are we, you know, just giving God attendance or lip service with the, the way we're, we're going about our days? <clears throat> you know, do, do we have something to put away that we need to deal with that is, rest- you know, impeding and getting between our relationship with God? Is, is there something? If so, you know, I encourage you to deal with that after this. And, you know, are we be- being willing and obedient? You know, not just one or the other, but are we, are we being willing? Is our heart in this? And are we obeying to what you know we're actually hearing and not just getting excited about it? Um, but yeah, that is all. Thank you. Cool. Thank you.